Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. USKids.org, a public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. From the TrueCar.com studios, the new way to buy a car. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400, WCOS Columbia, and iHeart Radio Station. Fox Sports trending now. Well, it won't be easy in the big easy without Drew Brees. The Saints quarterback reportedly suffered a torn ligament in his right thumb and is expected to miss at least the next month and a half. Teddy Bridgewater is expected to start in week three against the Seahawks for the Saints. Head coach Sean Payton wouldn't confirm Breeze's diagnosis, but ESPN reports that Breeze knew on Sunday night that he was going to need surgery to repair his injured thumb. As for Bridgewater, went 17 to 30 for 165 yards in place of Breeze in yesterday's loss to the Rams. Maybe the silver lining in Pittsburgh after the Ben Roethlisberger news is that running back James Connors' knee injury isn't expected to be serious. ESPN, though, says there's nowhere to feel placed. Sunday against the 49ers. Dolphins head coach Brian Flores says Ryan Fitzpatrick will remain the team's starting quarterback in week three against Dallas. Cleveland's at the Jets tonight. Browns a six and a half point favorite according to pregame.com. We are! In five, four, three, two, one. It's time for the rundown with Rob Sanders. Well, we're waiting. Welcome into the rundown. It is the Monday edition here on Fox Sports Radio 1400 around the world in the iHeartRadio app. We'll head right out to the hotline to break down the uh, Gamecock game from the weekend. I want to welcome in Justin Hall. Justin, welcome into the show, man. Great to have you with us today. Uh, always good always good to be on the line with you, Rob. Let's, let's talk Carolina football, I assume. Yeah, absolutely. So we got a lot of, uh, I don't know if we really learned much from the game on Saturday, other than the fact that uh, the Gamecocks, I think, have an answer at quarterback. Uh, they, they absolutely do. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. Watching, I've gone back and watched some clips. I'm actually probably going to watch the whole game tomorrow. Um, but just looking at just different plays, Ryan Holinsky just seems to have the it factor. He never looked overwhelmed on Saturday. He went through his progressions. And, and mind you, this is his second start, his first SEC start. And it's not like he's playing against Vanderbilt. He's playing against the number two team in the country, a team in Alabama that while they're not the best they've been defensively, they certainly are still one of the better teams in the SEC in that category. So he did a great job going through his progressions, making all the right plays, and and did a good job of He wasn't, and I said this on Saturday night on the uh, postgame show, he wasn't the reason South Carolina lost. And that that is a big confidence builder for this offense. But one of the reasons that South Carolina did lose was something that's been hindering them all season and something that, let's be honest, we thought going into the season was going to be better. And that would be, in my opinion, the ability to tackle, especially in the secondary. Would you agree? Oh, there's the liability uh, is certainly in the secondary with this team. The inability to tackle is, is disturbing, perturbing, whatever word you want to use. 
Um, and the only thing is, Rob, about that is when you're in season like this, you don't really want to hit in practice because you don't want to end up losing guys off of freak plays in practice and not have them for games. I think there are certain guys on this team who are sure tacklers. You look at J.C. Horn, Ernest Jones, other than other than that run by Najee Harris, and, and of course the defensive linemen are usually pretty stout when it comes to tackling. But Pops and I said it on Saturday night, it really looks like it's this defensive secondary, mainly on the back end with J.T. Ebay, R.J. Roderick, uh, Jemias Williams, and even Israel Mukwamu struggles at times too. So, uh, And they mentioned it post-game. They're really going for the turnover when you just need to be wrapping guys up. You're, you're not that good of a defense right now to, to try to go for the turnover first. Just get the guy down, keep him to six yards instead of giving up 66, and, and that's a good start. Well, do you think that the secondary just looked undercoached like they, that Alabama kept running the same plays at them? And even in the second half, there wasn't really an adjustment made to quite possibly take away that slant. And, and I say that in – it seemed like Alabama had the mentality of we're not going to run the ball. We're just going to quick slant you to death, left side, right side, bingo, and then and then use the running game to kind of keep you honest. Is that kind of the vibe that you got? Well, they were definitely RPO heavy, and and pops and I, I don't know if we mentioned this on air. I think it was before we went on. And I said, you know, how do you defend against that RPO if you're a safety? And he and he was absolutely right. I think you we talked about it afterwards too. You know. When you've got that, that safety has a choice to make. Where do I go? Do I lay back here and, and play the slant, or am I peeking up here and trying to stop the run? South Carolina's defensive secondary didn't look like it made any adjustments necessarily. Um, again, I'd like to go back and get a little bit more in-depth on rewatching that game. But just It did not seem like they made many adjustments. and I don't know if part of that is they, they just were trusting their ability uh, or if it was, you know, listen, even if we make an adjustment, we're not stopping this offense. Uh, Tua didn't throw the ball further than 15 yards downfield all, all afternoon. We know that for a fact. So um, hopefully you'll see some adjustments in practice this week. Specifically, I think coming out of it, I think you're going to see some personnel changes in that back end of the defense, and, and that could be what's needed really more so than anything. It's just getting some fresh bodies in there, getting a few, run out of, a few runs out of these freshmen that are back there who need to get some playing time anyway. Uh, I know Missouri's a tough team. I know it's on the road, but – I expect some personnel changes more than anything. Well, we'll get to the Missouri game in just a second, but I want to put a bow on the Alabama game and and wrap it up and pack it away. Uh, I think the most refreshing thing about Saturday, everybody was talking about, oh, Ryan Holinsky this, Ryan Holinsky that. I was more impressed with the fact of uh, Will Muschamp said, you know what, I'm not going to be John Q. conservative here. I'm going to throw everything and the kitchen sink against Alabama. I mean, that, that to me was completely refreshing after watching so many years of this conservative football that Will Muschamp has been putting out there. Well, you know, and he's been, and, and folks can say, well, it was against Alabama, but you look at what they did against Clemson last year at the end of the year, and, and I'm not going to get into that. You know, we can go back and forth that, you and uh, yourself and I, about, you know, 21 points and 500, you know, or five touchdowns, whatever the he number threw was. threw the sink at, bo- at, at both teams. At both teams. They should yeah, play he, that way every week. Yeah. Absolutely, and, 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 that's, and that's the point I'm, I'm getting to, is that he's starting to deviate from that stereotype of, of John Q. Conservative. Now, other than North Carolina Week 1, Rob, if they want to win ball games this year, they got to play that way every week. Simply put, you got a freshman back there, just let him sling the ball around. I love the fake field goal call to Parker White. That was fantastic, and that made me uh, – I said something in the living room watching that game that I, that I can't tell you right now, but 
Um, that made me believe in Will Muschamp as a head coach, and I think I think that got some fans back on his side that maybe they got lost after week one. You're, you're talking about going for it on fourth down, faking a punt in your own end. Now, fans disagreed with it, thought they should have just went for it straight up, whatever you want to do. I thought the goal line calls were good. Um, I thought the offense was just slinging it all around. And again, you're talking about a head coach who just felt like he had to throw everything out uh, against Alabama to get a win. And I think they're going to have to do that more times than not to get wins, especially if your defense tackles as poorly as they do. Do you think that this South Carolina team is is reminiscent of the uh, of the last Dylan Thompson team when he was a senior, where he led South Carolina in passing and they put up like thirty points a game, but they were giving up like twenty seven a game. I mean, I kind of get that vibe from this team. Just the defense yeah. is just flat, but the offense is going to move the ball. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I, I felt that on Saturday. I made. I think I made that point on the on the post game show at one point. You know, it really feels like you've got a dynamite offense that can move the ball really at will. Rob, they had 31 first downs against Alabama's defense. They can move the football, and they're running the ball well. There is balance, and there's confidence. Um, but the defense can't just can't stop anything. So um, it really does feel like 2014. And remember that year, they ended up going seven and six. I think. I think fans would kill for a seven and five regular season at this point. Um, and then they had I mean, a couple let's, let's be honest that, that North Carolina, the North Carolina game, they shot themselves in the foot. Absolutely, I mean, that's, that's just the way that it is. Just super honesty time. I, I hate to be hindsight twenty twenty, and it doesn't matter now. But if this quarterback was quarterbacking that game, they win. Just straight up, I, I truly believe that. Well, that's that's a uh, you know we'll, we 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 will never really know that we can't live our lives on, on right. the back end of it, but. I do think that uh, that South Carolina's offense has really, really showed some potential against Alabama. But the defense, as I said, I think they, they've they've got they got a road to hoe, and that's just something that I just thought that in year four of a Will Muschamp era, we may be looking for better offense, but not better defense, and the secondary especially just looks confused, just across well, the and, board. And, and it- and in personnel groupings, I think I think you go specifically to each position group and you look at what they're what they've got there. You're looking at JT eBay, who was a JUCO or who not a JUCO transfer, but a transfer. Um, you're looking at Jamias Williams, who, in my opinion, has not progressed. I mean, he just hasn't progressed at his position. People railed on Jake Bentley for not progressing, but I haven't seen that from Jamias Williams at all. Uh, you're playing a, a second year player at each of the big time cornerback positions. You do have depth at the cornerback position, but specifically in the in the deep part of the secondary, that safety position still that's the one spot on this defense that has not recovered from twenty fifteen. It just has not at all. All right, moving forward now, we've put the Alabama game to bed. And I mean, to be honest, that's kind of what we expected in that game. But up next is Missouri, and I'm going to have the folks on from the Mazadcast tomorrow. And they're going to come on the show, and they're going to talk about how Missouri is disrespected in the SEC. I'm sure they're going to tell me things like, you know, we entered the league in what 2000 and what did they enter the league? 2010. We have twice as many SEC East titles as South Carolina has. That's the stuff I'm going to hear tomorrow. I think a lot of Gamecock fans look at the Missouri game as a win. Las Vegas doesn't agree with them, as they opened up as a 10 point underdog to Mizzou. What do you think the Gamecocks have got to do to beat this Missouri team that has a talented offense led by uh, former Clemson quarterback Kelly Bryant? Well, they're going to have to they're going to have to come ready to play. Four o'clock kick in a in a weird environment. South Carolina now uh, has won the last three against Missouri. 
Um, and their two losses against Missouri came in 14 and 15 in terms of league play. Um, and in 2015, that was probably the worst, one of the worst teams I've ever seen South Carolina field uh, in my time on earth. Um, you know, South Carolina's going to need to run the ball well, continue to run Rico Dowell, continue to get him carries, uh, keep, him, keep him hot. Ryan Helensky just needs to continue to do what he's doing, having a good day offensively. Brian Edwards needs to show up. I like what I've seen out of Shai Smith as well, and even getting Ortre a little bit more involved and get to carry on Joyner in the ballgame if you can as a little lightning stick. Uh, defensively, tackle. Just just tackle. Missouri can put up points. They run the ball well. Um, you're, you're looking at Kelly Bryant, who is a multifaceted player. Everyone wants to talk about his legs, but he can – he can throw it around with the best of them. It's proven. He played in the playoff with Clemson. Uh, so South Carolina's defense is going to have to keep everything in front of them, uh, try to come up with some turnovers, get some pressure off the defensive line. I like what they did in that second drive against Alabama on Saturday. They brought a little bit of extra pressure and really got to Tua. So hopefully they can create that consistent pressure for Kelly Bryant. And you're, I mean, yeah, you're a 10-point dog. I expect that line to shrink by the time we get to Friday. It could be down to as low as five or four, um, you know, you might have to win this game 40 to 40 or 42 to 40 or, or 38 to 31, something like that. But a win's a win. You're just going to have to go out there and outscore them, it seems like. You know, you mentioned Rico Dowdle. We talked so much about Tavian Feaster in the off season, but Rico Dowdle has, has basically taken over as the number one back, and, and and Feaster's getting carries, but he just hasn't been quite as effective as Dowdle has been. I don't think that's more of a, of a of throwing shade at at Feaster as to more of saying that Dowdle has realized, hey, I've got the I've got to take the ball and go with it as a senior. Yeah, remember we talked about that before this season started. You asked me when you know will Tavian Feaster end up being the number one back with the Lucky Land Slots? You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I can, you know... We heard that Rico had had a really good camp, but how many times in this in, under this regime have we heard guys that have had their best camp yet? Rico's Rico's looked fantastic. It looks like he's he's on pace to probably get 700 yards from scrimmage, splitting time evenly with with Tavian. So Rico's been a really strong runner this year so far, and he's shown an extra burst in space that he just hadn't had at this point. Just got to keep him healthy, keep him running hard, and. And as long as you've got a guy behind you in Tavian Feaster who's continuing to push you each and every day in practice, I think we're going to continue to see this kind of production from Rico, who just continues to keep this offense afloat and give a good sense of balance that Ryan Holinsky really needs. Even though he threw the ball, I think it was 57 times on Saturday, Rico was still over the century mark rushing the football. So he, he provides a balance that this offense desperately needs if they're going to put up a bunch of points. All right, and finally, I give you a gift. Since you come on the show with me every week and break down the Gamecocks, I radioed the SEC people. I actually got on my walkie-talkie and told them, you know, the Gamecocks need a night game. I think they listened because Kentucky's game uh, will be a 7.30 kick at Williams-Brice Stadium. You're welcome, sir. Yes, Rob. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> actually, when I, when I see a night game, here's what I do. When I see a night game, I go, okay, what games are on before that that I can enjoy? 
you know, before I have to watch the Carolina game and then and then go in studio. Um, yeah, I kind of figured it would be a night game. I was rooting for noon, just a, just something different. You know, Kentucky and Carolina used to always be a day game. Yep. It was never a night game. So 7.30 kick under the lights, Carolina fans, I think that was close to a sellout. They'll be loud. You beat Missouri, you're 2-2 two and two coming into Kentucky. Uh, you know, that, that's always going to be a big game, it seems like. So hopefully the hopefully Carolina doesn't look too far ahead. But, yes, late nights on the fifth quarter postgame show are always fun. Of course, Justin Hall from the fifth quarter postgame show on News Radio 560 WVOC. I know the fans love the night games. They don't have to get out there at, at 8 o'clock in the morning and have, uh, you know, your shrimp, and egg, your shrimp and grits and all that. But it's cool to have a night game down at Williams Bryce. It may be the only one you get for the year. That's kind of. They don't seem to hand out night games to uh, Williams Bryce very much now uh, for some strange reason. But, uh, Justin, hey, man, I appreciate you joining us here today on the rundown. And, of course, look forward to uh, catching the game with you and Tim Pops Frisbee on Saturday night. Uh, excuse me, it be Saturday night when uh, this game is over. Probably about an 8 to 8 o'clock when this game will be over with the big game with Mizzou this weekend, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Where can folks find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Justin B. Hall on Twitter, uh, at Justin B. Hall. That's a capital J, capital B, and capital H. I'll be tweeting out some thoughts about the game when I rewatch it. Why the three caps? Uh, it's unique. Fair enough. I got, no, I got no other reason. All right, Justin B. Hall on Twitter. Hey, man, thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you later on. Appreciate it, Rob. See you soon. All right, there you go. Justin Hall, follow him on Twitter, at Justin B. Hall. I don't think you need the three capital letters. But he likes it because they're unique. If you want to take the time to to uh, tweet at Justin, ask him about the three caps, that, that may be how we goof on Justin a little bit. But, no, Justin's a heck of a guy, does a lot of stuff for uh, the Lexington uh, County Chronicle, play-by-play voice of the um, the Lexington County Blowfish, just uh, all-around good guy, and, of course, follows the Gamecocks, keeps us up to date on that. You know, if you want to talk a little bit about the big game from the weekend, uh, I mean, the only thing that I really took away from it, we knew the Gamecocks, I said it from the beginning, I thought they were going to lose big simply because they just don't have the horses, and a lot of teams don't have those horses. But South Carolina did come out, and they didn't play like Glass Joe in Mike Tyson's punch-out. It wasn't, hey, you hit him twice and that's it. They were a much better team than that when they went out. And uh, they, they tried to go toe-to-toe with Alabama, and when you do that, sometimes you get hit in the face. It's just the way that it is. All right, but thanks to Justin B. Hall for joining us. Now, we'll talk about the Clemson game when we come back. Some Clemson fans kind of upset. I'm sure, Are you guys seeing this, especially in the world of Twitter, Facebook, etc.? They're upset with Trevor Lawrence. What? Yeah, that's kind of happening. We'll talk about that a little bit when we go on. Also, uh, we'll have my biggest surprises from the weekend. Some interesting stuff there. We'll get that out. And a couple other little things here this afternoon on the rundown. The NFL, two big-time quarterbacks are going to be out for an extended period of time. Yeah, we're going to deal with that and a lot more here on the rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back to The Rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. Once again, thanks to Justin Hall for joining us here on on The Rundown. Of course, he is the host of the Fifth Quarter Postgame Show on News Radio 560 WVOC, along with Tim Pops Frisbee. 
Uh, follow Pops on Twitter. I think he's at IamFrisbee89, something like that. Find him on Twitter. <laughs> Before I tell you that, I should tell you, <laughs> get his proper Twitter handle. I'll make sure I put that out in just a little bit. Tim tweets out some pretty interesting stuff about the Gamecocks and uh, just general sports stuff in general. So he's a great follow on Twitter as well. But Justin B. Hall, he'll keep you up to date with everything going there about uh, the Gamecocks. Now, of course, we had the Clemson game over the weekend. No problem with Syracuse as they win 41-6. to Here's the stat from the game that got me. Clemson held Syracuse to 139 total yards. Think about that for just a second. You held a conference opponent to 139 total yards. Now, I know going into the season, everybody thought, man, this Clemson offense is going to carry that Clemson defense. Oh, wow, that Clemson defense is going to lose some guys. You know, they got guys playing in the NFL on Sunday. And you lose that many guys from that defense, and things may taper off a little bit. Yeah, not so much. Brent Venables is knocking on the door laughing at you right now. Although Coach Venables won't do that because he's out there devising defenses. That's just the way that he is. Developing defenses is the term I wanted to use there. But 139 total yards for Syracuse. I mean, what else do you want from them? Their quarterback, DeVito, 15 of 27, 172 yards. Their leading rusher, Adams, 14 carries for 34 yards. Just an amazing, amazing performance there for the Clemson defense. Now, I did have people on my uh, social media feed, several text messages, too. What the hell is wrong with Trevor Lawrence? I, I, I sent back to them, what the hell is wrong with you? Trevor Lawrence... Goes 22 for 39, 395 yards, three touchdowns, and he threw two interceptions. Now, I know he had more interceptions now than he had at the entire point last season, but think about this for a second. People get tape on people. I'm not saying that Trevor Lawrence is a bad quarterback. I think that if you ask me, hey, Rob, take uh, you can have any quarterback you want to start for you right now, I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. I think there's two other quarterbacks out there that may be nipping at his heels. Tua Tungaviola at Alabama and um, Justin Herbert from Oregon. After that, though, it kind of tapers off. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Clemson fans have got to calm down with all that stuff. Just because he went out and dismantled Alabama doesn't mean that you're going to have the absolute best days ever all the time. But not only did he throw for 395 yards, he rushed the ball four times for 42 yards and had a touchdown. He's playing great football. Justin on Facebook Live says, Trevor is human. He will make mistakes just like anyone else. He does get better every week. I think by the end of the season, I don't think think he's going to have the interception bug all year, to be completely honest with you. But I do think by the end of the season that we'll look back at this and this three-game set, which, by the way, we're at the quarter pole. We're a quarter of the way through the football season. It seems like we just started. We're already a quarter of the way through. Now, if you had to ask me, is Trevor Lawrence a Heisman Trophy frontrunner right now? I'd say no. He hasn't really put up the numbers for that. But if you're asking me, who do you want to play quarterback, Trevor Lawrence? If you couldn't have Trevor Lawrence, who would you want to have? 
We'll take calls on that at 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. By the way, a couple of announcements here. Ryan Helinski was named the SEC Freshman of the Week for South Carolina with his big performance for the Gamecocks. You've also got, uh, by the way, uh, one other note, Trevor Lawrence was named the co-quarterback of the week for the ACC. So, you know, he was voted player of the week, but he had such a crappy performance if you look on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and everything else. Isaiah Simmons was named the linebacker of the week for the conference, and John Simpson was named the offensive lineman of the week for the ACC. Now we have a couple of game times announced. Clemson and North Carolina will be a 3.30 start, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. And South Carolina and Kentucky will be a night game at Williams-Brice Stadium. Several people were like uh, that I've noticed and, and talked to, and Gamecock fans are like, man, why don't we ever get night games at Williams-Brice? Well, you're going to get a night game now. You will get a night game now with Kentucky. Can the Gamecocks break that streak to the Wildcats? Which, if you really look at it, of all those five games that they lost in a row to Kentucky, I'd venture to say four out of the five, South Carolina probably had the better team. Last year, not so much. But the other four years, you could probably make an argument that South Carolina had the better team. But you got to play football. And when you play football, sometimes things happen that shouldn't happen. All right, but if you want to call up and talk about that, have added 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. The big stat for me from that that uh, Syracuse game, 139 total yards. <laughs> you look at that and you're like, man, what is Brent Venables doing up there? Just an amazing stat, 139 total yards for Clemson, uh, for Syracuse in that game. I can promise you this. If they can keep up, we'll look at some numbers this afternoon as far as bowl percentage chances. Some teams have moved up. Some teams have moved down. We'll get into that. Uh, we'll also talk about the quarterbacks in the NFL. And I know people are tired of hearing this, but I hear it seems like every time we've got somebody that says this, when will Colin Kaepernick get another shot in the NFL? I don't think that he has the talent to do it anymore. But when you have quarterbacks dropping like flies in the NFL, the pressure is going to be there. Who's going to bring him in for a workout first? It's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. They don't have Ben Roethlisberger anymore. Is it going to be the New Orleans Saints? Drew Brees is going to be out six weeks. I don't know. We'll see on that. We'll talk about that a little bit later on here on the rundown. Also, we'll look ahead to the uh, the week in the SEC and the ACC. What big matchups should we... Uh, do we have on the horizon that are going to make us get geared up a little bit? We'll talk about that and a lot more this afternoon as we get moving here on the rundown. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. Matt Rob sounds good. Also check out my blog page, foxsportsradio1400.com. All kinds of cool stuff there, including a complete rundown on the Ben Roethlisberger injury. It's not what you want to see, but if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, go and check that out. And I'll have other things going up and down on the website, FoxSportsRadio1400.com, and uh, you can uh, click on lineup up top. My name is Rob Sanders. Check that out, and you can check out the blog page. I'm also on Twitter, at Rob Soundsgood. So, big win for Clemson over the weekend. Tough loss for South Carolina. The Gamecocks will play at Missouri on Saturday. We'll have our best Gamecock coverage on News Radio 560 WVOC. 
and the full Clemson game here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. More of The Rundown when we come back. Strap in. It's time for The List. Welcome back to The Rundown, The List this afternoon. Five stunning thoughts from over the weekend. Five crazy thoughts that I wrote down. And you know what? We will start, obviously, with number five. And I just developed this one, like, during the break because I am fast like that. But number five. at number five, the Clemson defense has not given up more than 289 yards on the entire season. That comes out to they had 139 against Syracuse, 234 against Georgia Tech, 289 yards, uh, excuse me, 234, yeah, 289 yards against Texas A&M. So that puts, what, the Tigers at, what, five, seven, 700 yards, something like that total on the season through three games. I think that's one of the shocking things for me. Not really shocking. We knew the defense would probably come around, but to be that good through three games, you just got to give it up for Coach Brent Venables. Number four, when you look at the week, there have, uh, excuse me, the, the, how college football has gone this season. You've had games that have lived up to expectations, sort of like LSU and Texas. But I think the biggest thing that, uh, that I've taken away is we've had so much really good drama throughout the college season. Everything from uh, what the, the heartwarming package that uh, ESPN put out about the Holinskys to... Uh, Coastal Carolina getting a win at Kansas. Just some big upsets. Kind of just makes you kind of fall in love with college football all over again. As uh, we're only at the quarter pole, but it seems like, man, we've already had so many big things happen already in this season. Number three. Number three is coaches, I think, that are on the hot seat. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt. Hello, sir. (laughs) I know you picked up the big win over Chattanooga. Golf clap for that. But I thought Tennessee was going to be much, much better than that. Look for him to be hitting the bricks eventually. I don't know if they're going to give him another year or not. It's it's at the point with Tennessee where if you really look at it, you think, man, they should be so much better. They should be so much better. But then they, they have problems beating Vanderbilt. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Uh, Coach Marquise. My buddy and the best rugby player I know thinks Willie Taggart's on the hot seat at Florida State. He might be right about that. You see the article where the the young ladies are putting together a lemonade stand to try to buy out his contract? Yeah, that may happen. That may happen. 
But Coach is on the hot seat. That's definitely right there. Number two. Number two on the list for me as far as biggest things at the quarter pole, Michigan struggling to win over Army. And then this weekend, they're a three-point underdog to Wisconsin. Hmm. Could we see the shine come off of Jim Harbaugh quickly? I think we have at Michigan, and it's just not looking good for the Wolverines. I think that Jim Harbaugh is going to be another coach that's probably going to be gone before too, too long at Florida, excuse me, at Michigan, because I think people are getting to the point now where they're like, you know what? We've heard all this before, man. Why can't you just go and just win something? He's always got the whole, his motto is supposedly do something. Can, can you win something? Maybe I'm confused. I don't know, because they're not really doing anything. Michigan just kind of looks like a gong show right now. And number one. And number one. Probably my favorite story from the weekend all came down to uh, this big play involving the Citadel and Georgia Tech. 37 yards away, Jacob Godek to win it for the Bulldogs. He got it. The Citadel has defeated Georgia Tech. 27-24 in their first ever win against an ACC opponent. How many people want to schedule an a, 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 the Citadel anymore? Last time they came into to Williams-Brice Stadium, they won. They went to Georgia Tech, they won. Their coach, by the way, was the offensive coordinator the last time they came into Columbia and won. And he had some, uh, you could tell this game meant a lot to his program. Um, after the big win, he had some cool comments. It's awesome. We needed this. Uh, we've had two really close football games the last two weeks. We went through a lot last week when we were, weren't able to practice at home due to the hurricane. Uh, this is something that we've worked our butts off. We knew we were a good football team. There's many doubters out there, but nobody on this team doubted us. Today, we played with grit today. Yeah, grit today, sir. You were 0-2 coming in. You're now 1-2. and And not knocking the Citadel, but man. I knew it was going to be a big rebuild job at Georgia Tech with Coach Jeff Collins. I think that he's going to have get them right because he has a sense of direction and goals and everything else. I don't think he saw his team losing to Georgia to uh, the Citadel. And to be honest, nobody does. If you're an F, if you're an FBS team, you don't think you're going to drop a game to the Citadel. You just don't. But if you watch that game on Saturday. And I kind of like um, when I'm here in studio working with our Gamecock coverage across the hall, I generally have like five or six games going at once. That was one of the games that I kind of had on like the back burner. I'm like, oh, look, the Citadel's playing a little bit. Look at that. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Look, the Citadel may win this game. Whoa. How did that happen? Yeah. The Citadel got the job done on Saturday. And it's interesting because we have um, the Citadel has a win over a Power 5 team. So does Coastal Carolina. I think going into the season, I don't think anybody would have saw that coming. So that's probably one of my biggest uh, biggest shocks there heading into uh, as we round the quarter turn of the college football season. And I think that once you get starting this after this week's game with week four, you go into the second phase of the college football season, in my opinion. I think there's three phases. The first fe- The first four are... We don't really know a lot about everybody. We're trying to figure everybody out. The second four is we know what everybody has. Can they put it together and win? And the third phase 
is the championship phase. Maneuvering yourself to win a championship. I think that's how, or to get to, you know, as best as you possibly can, your best bowl game, etc. I think that's the way it goes with college football. We're about through with the opening phase. South Carolina finishes their opening phase this weekend when they go to Mizzou. Clemson will welcome in Charlotte. First time that they've played the 49ers. Interesting name for a team, by the way, in Charlotte. But they are the 49ers, and they will come in as a 42-point underdog. South Carolina opens up as a 10-point underdog on the road at Mizzou. We'll take your calls this afternoon at 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. You want to sound off on anything that I've thrown out there today? Or you want to talk about what Justin Hall said earlier, talking about the Gamecocks and how the, they've kind of turned the corner at quarterback? I, I agree with him. Completely agree with him. But you need a lot more than a quarterback to win. And that South Carolina secondary just, man, you just watch some of the, if you watch back some of the game, you're like, wow, how did that happen? All right, and we come back, we'll wrap up the rundown today. We got some news on some NFL quarterbacks. Also, some updated percentages from the S&P. All that and a lot more in just a moment. You're listening to The Rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back to The Rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. Some updates from uh, Bill Connolly. A friend of the program joined us before. Writes for ESPN now. He updated his S&P odds and uh, the current Heisman odds from Caesar Sportsbook. Jalen Hurts. Right now is at number one in Las Vegas. He's up from plus 250, up from plus 1,200 in April. Tongue of Viola is it the same that he was in April. Joe Burrow is plus 450, up from greater than 10,000 in April. Man, if you put your money on Burrow back in, uh, in April, you might make some money quick if he can make the stage. Trevor Lawrence drops to number four. He's at plus 800, down from plus 200 after the spring game, basically. And Sam Ellinger, quarterback from Texas, is at, at plus 1,000, up from 2,500. Justin Fields also on the list, plus 1,200, down from 1,000. Uh, down from plus 1,000. So there you go. For all you gambling junkies out there, when you look at that stuff, I love Heisman odds and stuff like that. To me, it's just really, really cool. All right, so this week, in case, you're, in case you've missed it, and a lot of times, especially during college football season, a lot of us don't really look outside the box a little bit. But some top 25 matchups coming up this weekend that you might want to keep your eyes on. Of course, the big one. And you can ask any Georgia fan this because they think they're just going to wallop Notre Dame. But I think that's kind of the, the big marquee matchup this weekend as they will play Notre Dame in Athens. So that's kind of a good matchup there couple of other games this weekend as they will play Notre Dame in Athens. So that's kind of a good matchup there. A couple of other games that this one would have been good in like 1991. You know, Tennessee and Florida back when Spurrier and Fulmer were coaching. Yeah, not so much. Gators are like, a, I think, an 11-point favorite in that game. On 11th-ranked Michigan, 13th-ranked Wisconsin. This game is kind of a big measuring stick game in the Big Ten. Wisconsin is a three-point favorite at home. That means that 
in most eyes, they see the teams as kind of even, to be honest with you. Ole Miss welcomes in Cal. Mississippi State is a, or excuse me, Ole Miss is a one-and-a-half-point favorite of the 23rd-ranked Cal team. Also, some other interesting matchups in the SEC. Eighth-ranked Auburn will play on the road at 17th-ranked Texas A&M. That game could up in the entire West if Texas A&M picks up the win. It wouldn't be an upset. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite, but they could derail Auburn quick, get that out of the Get them into toilet mode over there with Gus Malzahn. A couple of other games that uh, looking forward to this weekend include Oklahoma State and Texas. Texas is a five-point favorite. It wouldn't surprise me if Oklahoma State went in there and won that game. I mentioned Notre Dame and Georgia. The game on the line in that game is 13-and-a-half for the Georgia Bulldogs. It's kind of a put-up-shut-up game for, for both teams. Because there's, there's a mentality out there, Notre Dame doesn't play anybody. It could be a statement win for Brian Kelly and the Irish this weekend. Uh, another interesting matchup, just um, from the coaching standpoint, Chip Kelly at UCLA, he takes his 0-3 team into Washington State. And who do they get? They get uh, Mike Leach and those guys. 20-point favorite is Washington State. Uh, Arizona State is a is 24th in the country. They have a 7.5-point spread over uh, Colorado. I don't know much about the Sun Devils. I'll have to follow them a little bit. Bill on Facebook Live thinks that Georgia will cover. I don't know. Ian Book is a good quarterback for Notre Dame. We'll see how that game shakes out. That's a lot of points. And I don't know if I'm completely sold on Georgia. I, don't, I mean, I think they're going to win the East, but... I don't know if I'm completely sold on Georgia yet. I gotta watch some more Georgia games. But there's some of the big games from uh, heading into the weekend, and then the South Carolina Missouri game is an interesting game too, because Mizzou comes in, and let's be honest, they haven't really played anybody. And will they be able to shake off that opening loss to Wyoming, and then actually? be worth a damn in a conference opener because they haven't been. South Carolina, on the other hand, they really need this win if they want to think about being bowl eligible. Because after that after that game, you've got Kentucky, which they've had issues with, and the schedule doesn't get any easier. It really doesn't for South Carolina. So that's kind of a put-up-and-shut-up game there for both South Carolina and Missouri this weekend. We'll take calls for the rest of the show at 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. Uh, a couple of quarterbacks are going to be out for a while. Ben Roethlisberger. I think Ben Roethlisberger is done. The guy needs elbow surgery. He's supposed to be out for the rest of the season. He's 37 years old. Now, when you look at Ben Roethlisberger, though, he's a guy that is very physical at his position. He takes a lot of hits extending plays and stuff like that. His body's taking a beating in the NFL. But I do think that he's had a good career, but I think it's about time he's going to probably hang them up. Drew Brees, kind of a freak injury there with his hand. He'll need some surgery on it, and I think he'll be back. Can the Saints keep it, uh, keep it under control until he comes back? 
you know, if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, you don't really, re- you know, rejoice in anybody's injuries, but you might be able to get a game or two up on the Saints if they can't really do much with their uh, quarterback being out. And Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback, and he's always, in my opinion, it's almost like a dark shot, or he's he's kind of a dark horse as far as the MVP goes. But he puts up the numbers every year, and it's hard to replace that. It really is. There's going to be a section of people that say, hey, let's bring back Colin Kaepernick. Especially, I don't know why. I'm still under the... My assumption with Colin Kaepernick is, is that it doesn't matter what your social issues are. I think in the NFL, it's a money league. If there is somebody out there that thinks that Colin Kaepernick can win them a game, I mean, just one more game, they will sign Colin Kaepernick quick. But I don't think he's got it anymore. I just really don't. Will he get a workout? We'll see. But with who they're bringing out as some of these quarterbacks, you never know, man. You can never say never in any industry. But I'm not really buying the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. But that, that is, those names will be thrown out there, by the way. We'll see how that goes. We do have uh, some Monday Night Football tonight. Does anybody watch Monday Night Football anymore? It seems like that was like must-see television at one point. Now it's like, huh, okay. Yeah, all right. Well, Monday Night Football tonight, I have to like, I can't even remember who. I know my Packers won over the weekend, but I know the Falcons won last night. I follow those two teams. The Monday Night Football game tonight, as it's refreshing. Oh, Browns and Jets. There we go. Will Baker Mayfield be able to bounce back from his dismal performance there? It's at uh, it's at the Jets, by the way. Cleveland is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. We will see how that matchup goes tonight. Will you watch Monday Night Football tonight? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Be sure to check out the podcast. It'll be about 5 o'clock this afternoon. You can also... Uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sounds Good. Appreciate the folks watching on Facebook Live. Beth, Bill, several other folks over there. Tanman was there earlier. We appreciate all of you. And don't forget, Clemson Sports Talk is next. More of the rundown tomorrow. Tomorrow, we'll have the folks on from the Mazadcast. We will also have comments from Coach uh, Will Muschamp and Dabo Sweeney. More of the rundown tomorrow on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.